0: The Golf Unfiltered podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Coghill Golf and Country Club, who we are happy and proud to partner with once again this year. Coghill features 72 holes of championship golf, including the world-famous Dubs Dread. They have a completely renovated practice area and driving range. It's essentially an academy that you can go and spend not only the day improving your game, but at night they've got lights now and two bars as well as a food truck to spend some quality time with some friends and family. They've been doing it this way since 1927, folks. Go out to CogHillGolf.com to learn more. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Sharp Focus Nutrition. Let's face it, when you go out and play golf, you probably don't eat and drink very well. Well, a couple hot dogs, a few beers? Yeah, we get it. Sharp Focus Nutrition replaces all of that with a systematic way to not only stay replenished throughout your round, but to also improve your game in doing so. Go out to sharpfocusnutrition.com to learn about their system. Let them know that we sent you. Pick up a system right now, sharpfocusnutrition.com. Welcome to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, your source for all things golf, including in-depth interviews, new equipment highlights, and answers to golf questions you might be too afraid to ask. My goal? To help you learn more about the game so you can enjoy it even more. Let's dive in. Welcome back, everyone, to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam, from golfunfiltered.com. You could follow me all over social media, at golfunfiltered, and you could send me an email, adam at golfunfiltered.com. It's just you and I again this week. Uh, Nikki is out on assignment, as well as Dan, and I hope that you had the opportunity to go to golfunfiltered.com and read uh, Dan Hauser's debut article on Golf Unfiltered, where he just brainstorms a few scenarios in the event, that uh, World Wrestling Entertainment, which is a, a pastime that both Dan and I very much enjoy, as well as a few of our friends that we talk to regularly, if that federation were to be sold to the same investors who created Live Golf. And Dan's got a lot of good views, and he's able to make those connections with things that are happening all at the same time. And this is no exception to that. And I... When Dan pitched this idea to me, I I absolutely loved it, and I think there's a lot of truth to it, even though, you know, there was this rumor that came out that the WWE would be sold, and then, of course, the day after that or so, people started saying, oh, no, this isn't going to happen. This is all just conjecture. Well, that just didn't come out of thin air, and obviously, Live Golf is battling and looking and searching for a TV deal somewhere. What better way to make yourself seem a little bit more attractive to television networks than to package it with arguably one of the most popular, believe it or not, sports entertainment packages around. Well, makes a lot of sense for them if they were to do that. And so go out to golfandfilter.com right now. You'll see the article right there on the homepage. Leave a comment on any of the articles we have out there. We love to talk and we love to keep the conversation going. So I just wanted to point you in that direction. Today's episode is going to hit all sorts of different topics and I'm just going to kind of freewheel here because there's a lot of stuff going on. Recording this on Saturday and we just learned that over in Hawaii at the Sony Open, Jordan Spieth went from tied for first to missing the cut, the first time that anyone in that tournament has ever done that. I'm a little disappointed because I used a $10 free bet over at FanDuel on uh, Jordan Spieth winning. So, I mean, I can't be too upset because it was a free bet. But I couldn't believe it. I just, I don't know what's going on with that guy. I know that there's a lot of jokes. A uh, friend of the program, Samantha Marks, she likes to joke that Jordan uh, Spieth is just a phase. Um, i beginning to believe that. I mean, this guy... He is he is the roller coaster of roller coasters when it comes to professional golf at least on the men's side and I just don't understand what this guy's doing and certainly he doesn't either. And if you watched any of the telecast on Friday, you could see that he absolutely could not get things figured out. Feel really sorry for him. I mean, you can't feel I guess you can't feel too sorry for him, you know, he's obviously had a lot of success in his career so far and it's very young still and he will eventually get something figured out. But he's one of those golfers that I just do not understand who he is right now, what type of player he is. Obviously, with the high-profile stature that he has built for himself with the major wins and, the, uh, and what have you, as well as taking part in high-profile exhibition matches, like the match with Tiger, Rory, and his buddy Justin, Jordan Spieth is going to be around for a long time, and he is going to be one of the pr- uh, premier faces of the tour. So he's kind of got to get things figured out, you'd, you'd have to imagine. In addition to all of that, it's January, and so you know what that means if you listen to this podcast for any length of time, as well as just paid attention to the industry in, in totality. It's new equipment release season. PGA Merchandise Show is taking part again this uh, this month towards the end of the month, as it does every single year. We are not going. You've heard my views on that uh, many times, and it's just simply because there's really no reason to other than to network. All the information that you need to know about new equipment releases is released weeks, if not months, before this month. And having been to the PGA Merchandise Show a few times, I can tell you that The buzz around there just isn't the same as it was the first time that I went. And this was probably back when I was with the Back 9 Network. I mean, this was seven years ago, let's just say. It's just not the same. You've already seen these new products already. You've heard all the details. You know the technology that goes into it. And then you go to the PGA Merchandise Show, and there it is. Okay. Well, what else you got? Now, I don't want to paint with too broad of a brush. There are brands out there, like the smaller brands, which I do believe the PGA Merchandise Show benefits the most, those brands that need that stage, the pull from the larger brands so that more eyeballs see their small business, that more eyeballs see the things that they're trying to get out into the larger golf industry marketplace, but In a way, at least in my opinion, if the larger OEMs are already letting everyone know through press releases and commercials and teasers on social media weeks before the merchandise show what they're actually coming out with, then isn't that kind of hindering small businesses? I don't know. I don't know. Let me know your thoughts on that if you have any any opinion whatsoever. If you're in the industry and if you've been to the merchandise show, let me know what you think about that. Obviously, there's people who still love to go. But I feel like it's it's one of those things where, well, I guess I better go. Otherwise, people are going to wonder, well, how come you're not there? Not me. I mean, nobody cares if I'm not there. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I do get the emails like everyone else. Like, Hey, are you going to go to the show? No. No, I'm not going. At any rate, because information has already been released, we have a good understanding of what to expect. And there are a few products out there that are really really exciting and i say this every year of course i say this every year but there are things out there that have already been released as i look across my office right now i see the incredible media package that so if if you don't know when brands send new products to websites like like ours or anyone else's typically they put it together in a media package or a media kit and that could be anything and it seems like at least in the past, where they were much more elaborate, brands tried to outdo other brands. And I think my favorite one ever, although what I'm referring to right now may have replaced that, was when TaylorMade uh, and Adidas sent out, uh, they were doing their new climate chill, I believe it was called, uh, golf shirts. The technology were basically, they were like these little metallic discs that were in a golf polo and it helped keep you cool. And while it felt a little weird on your back, cause that's where they were positioned, it actually did kind of give you this cooling sensation. Well, they, the media kit was a small refrigerator, like just a really small, I'm talking maybe about the size of a laptop uh, little mini fridge. That was really cool and the thing worked. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't fit more than, you know, a couple uh, cans in there, but uh, it was cool. Pun intended, I guess. Uh, But recently, I mean, just a couple weeks ago, Srixon, you may have seen this on social media, they sent out uh, to accompany their new ZX uh, MK2 drivers. They sent that driver in a black Jones Sunday bag, fully leather, embroidered with the Srixon logo. I mean... This thing is pretty significant, and I was, I was surprised. I mean, obviously, our friends at Strixon have been friends of the show for years, since the beginning, and I, I just I couldn't believe. I didn't even expect this thing to show up, and uh, wow, am I glad that it did. The driver's pretty darn good, too, by the way. You may have seen the review on the website. The Strixon ZX-MK2 driver, we, we got the uh, ZX-5, which is the somewhat larger uh, head shape than the ZX7. I got to get the right driver shaft in that thing. I got to tell you, that thing might be my gamer this year. And it it's <laughs> really darn good. Very fast. Uh, as I said, the review, as well as a video from our YouTube channel, uh, is on the website right now. It's a little loud. I'm not going to lie. The driver's a little loud. The crown, uh, as I say in the review, the crown uh, is like this matte finish um, alloy that is very similar to what they put in the Cleveland launcher, if you're familiar with that. You could already tell this episode is just going to go all sorts of different places. I hope you don't mind. Stay with me, folks. We'll get there. And while everyone is kind of doing this carbon fiber thing, which I really like, I love the look of carbon fiber the high gloss, it like the, the fiber, you know, matrix, whatever you call it, lattice design kind of like fades in and out. They went with this matte titanium finish or material rather. And I, that probably contributes to the, to the loudness of it. But man, this thing flies. This thing is a, it's a bazooka. And I know I say all this stuff about, You know, distance in the game, distance in the game, roll back the ball, all that. You know, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole again. It's a tired argument. But, uh, yeah, I mean, for amateurs like you and me, Joe Schmoes out there that play once a week, this is what we're looking for. This is what we're looking for. So great job to our friends over at Sarixa. I mean, this thing, go try it out if you haven't already. So all the brands are releasing, there's new stuff. There's more things that have yet to be released. We're uh, going to try to cover as much as we can. We've got a few, you know, irons in the fire, so to speak. One of which being uh, we sat in this, um, or I sat in this, uh, the Cobra Golf presentation for their new products, which uh, have been announced already. So I'm sure it's okay for me to talk about, but um, they gave us, you know, you sit on this this Zoom call and there were probably 25 of us on there and uh, the presentation itself had a couple technological uh difficulties but uh such is life in the remote world that we live in now and the products themselves i mean cobra does it right i mean they've got literal rocket scientists on their staff and so they go and they they focus on aerodynamics uh they were they began the presentation with the aerojet uh, new line of clubs that includes you know drivers woods irons, and what have you personally, I mean I don't love the look of them. I've never really enjoyed the the game improvement look that Cobra offers uh for that segment of uh the products that they offer but they also have their their player irons and i'm I'm actually not sure if I could talk about it right now, so I'll just stay tuned for that. I don't want to break any embargoes or anything like that. But actually, no, I take that back. I, re- I believe we received the, uh, the email. So the King family, I mean, this isn't, this isn't new. They've got a new King offering out. Those look slick. I mean, I'll tell you what. The, uh, the players, I, this, is, this is what drives me crazy about golf. Is I'm sure many of you could relate. The, the irons and the clubs that I have no business playing are the ones that look the best. I just, I don't get it. I really don't get it. Maybe it's because they're thinner material, they just look cleaner, and that just fits my eye. I don't know, but the, the King irons, as well as the Srixon Forged 2, or Z-Forged 2 irons, by the way. Holy cow, those just came out. These things look gorgeous, and I have no business playing these things. And you probably don't either. Let's be honest. You're probably listening to this driving in your car or at your desk or whatever. You don't have any business playing these muscle backs. Come on. But, man, they look nice. If nothing else, look the part, right? <laughs> I think my, my father-in-law, he's uh, he's in his 70s, and, you know, he loves golf. He uh, got into it much more because of me, I imagine, and because, you know, he found that, oh, my friends like to play this too. He's one of those old Chicago um Southside softball players. He's actually in the uh, Chicago Softball Hall of Fame. And he is every bit of South uh, Southside that you could you could imagine. You guys in the area, you know what I'm talking about. And he's just all, always competitive. He's got three daughters. I'm married to one of them. They're all competitive too. And long and short of it is the fact that he was able to find players uh, from his softball days that also like to play golf. Now he's just... Now, all of a sudden, he's a golf expert. And you, every every Christmas, he wants, um, well, I got to get black gloves, and I got to get brown gloves that match my brown shoes, and this guy's got more golf shoes than I do. Well, actually, that's a lie. I mean, come on. But at any rate, um, how did I even get there? I don't even remember. But anyway, he, he believes that uh, he could play any type of club that he wants. And so it's usually like, uh, you know, being the quote unquote golf guy in the family, you know, people come to me often and they' like, "Hey, what do you think of this? what club should I play here?" It's like, man, just put that down. You're gonna cut yourself with that blade. you know <laughs> Just at any rate, I mean, these things look great, and the Cobra stuff, you know, they're still they're still on the the one length. Experiment too, And I believe in the presentation, and I hope it's okay for me to share this, but I believe from 2017, which is when they first came out with their one-length uh, irons, since that time, they've moved 46,000 sets in five years. That doesn't seem like a lot to me. They made it sound like it seemed a lot. I mean, maybe it is, but when you think of all the sales in five years, I don't remember what percentage of their total sales that was, but 46,000 sets of one-length irons. I I don't know. I still, to this day, have yet to see a set of one-length irons in the wild. Like, I don't pull up to a tea box or I, you know, go through a pro shop or even past a bag drop and I see, oh, there's one-length irons right there. I just don't see it. I don't know. I mean, maybe in more golf-heavy year-round states or areas of the country, you're more likely to see that, but I just I have yet. And I've played a lot of golf courses. In Chicago, you know, for the limited amount of time that we can play, there's a lot of golfers out here. I I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, have you tried one-length irons? I have. I mean, they're okay. I'm not used to them. I don't think I'll ever buy a set, but have you seen, do you know anybody in your golf circle that plays one length irons? I just, I don't, I don't get it. The direct to consumer side continues to be red hot. Obviously we did a lot of reviews and, and videos uh, with our friends over at sub 70 golf. I get this question a lot. They are not sponsors. They're just friends, friends of the program. They've treated us well all the time. My wife and I are friends with uh, Jason and his wife, and we go out there, and, and you know, they've got the 70 out there in Sycamore, Illinois. It's just great to see a small business that grew into something that they are now, and their new 699 uh, V2 irons are great. I mean, they're absolutely great, and I saw the comments from you guys. I mean, some of you don't like the look of them, and they do look different. I mean, they're not the cleanest looking irons in the world, but by no means are they ugly. And if you actually understand why, and this is stuff that we talk about on the YouTube channel and, and the podcast that we had with Jason, but the reason why they look the way that they look, I mean, it starts to make sense. And then it really just boils down to, okay, is this something that you can play having played with these irons already? I mean, they're, they're fantastic. And just for the sake of comparison, you all know that Mizuno Golf, which I'll get to here in a second, they are partners with Golf Unfiltered. They will do so again in 2023. I played the Mizuno Pro 225s last year. And probably, I would go so far as to say the prettiest golf clubs in the market in 2022. The 699 Pros, which is the ones that I used, from Sub70, I mean, they had the same distance. They sounded very similar. They performed extremely similar. but here's the thing that is really interesting, and this is where uh, something that I want to keep an eye on throughout twenty twenty three specific to the direct to consumer brands, as the cost of materials continued to rise, the gap between big-box OEM store prices and direct-to-consumer prices is narrowing. Case in point, and I don't mean this as a criticism, it's just a fact. You can go out and check this yourself. If you were to go out to, say, Mizuno or Callaway or Titleist, and you were to find a set of clubs, let's say in the player's distance category, and if you have the ability on that OEM's website to kind of custom fit yourself, you know, choose the shaft that you want, choose the grips, all that, and you were to do the same on a direct-to-consumer brand like Sub70, take a look at the price difference. Now, I have done this. It's not as stark a difference as it once was. Now, you can look at that in a couple different ways. In fact, I did this comparing Mizuno to Sub70. The difference is $100, give or take a couple bucks, between the Mizuno HMB, like the 923 HMBs, you've heard of these, and now the 699s from Sub-70. Same shafts, same grips, same specs, everything that I needed for me if I were to order those clubs today from either brand, I'm saving $100 with Sub-70. Now, the only reason I say that, And please, if you know, friends over at Sub 70 and Mizuno, don't take this as a criticism in any way. The reason I say that is twofold. One, Sub 70 and other direct to consumer brands, I would imagine, they have to be more reactive, as actually any golf brand, to the cost of supplies. As prices go up for shafts, for every other component, so too do the prices at the end of the day that the consumer has to pay to play these clubs. That's just the fact of life. Sub 70 is also increasing their tour presence. So those tour players aren't playing the clubs for free. And so when when you look at that, when you realize, hey, this gap is narrowing, The performance is still there. You're still saving money. But the gap is narrowing. Sub-70 is growing in popularity, for example. At some point, this becomes a little bit more of a, all right, how brand loyal is the consumer? This is the challenge that every brand has to face. Mizuno Golf at one point was starting off as a mom-and-pop shop, let's just say. Callaway was the same. TaylorMade was the same. Titleist was the same. Everybody starts somewhere. Brands like Sub70, Sub70 being the best of these brands, now that, of course, Ben Hogan has gone under, who also followed the the direct-to-consumer model, Sub70 started somewhere. It's an interesting thing, and it's an interesting evolution that we're watching with these brands. Brands that we all enjoy playing, that we hear so much about. And that's something that we're going to keep an eye on in 2023, at least on the equipment side. We don't want to focus primarily on equipment, even though that's been a big focus for this podcast episode. But we're not going to only focus on uh, equipment at Golf and Filtered uh, in 2023. We've got a lot of different topics we're going to talk about. We've already previewed many of that, uh, most of that. Wow. Wow. Good grammar, Adam. Uh, in previous episodes, but really quickly, as I mentioned earlier, Mizuno Golf returns to Golf Unfiltered as a uh, as a partner, and I'm excited to work with them. Um, as I've mentioned before in the past, Mizuno Golf is the first golf brand, major golf brand that I ever played. I mean, the first golf clubs that I ever purchased were Mizuno Tezoids and. One of the things I'm going to be doing later this week at the time that you hear this is I'm actually going to go and try out their new uh, 923 line of irons with my buddy Chris Campbell, who uh, is over at Mizuno Golf. We're going to go out to Cog Hill. I'm going to hit a bunch of balls. I'm going to see which set of irons works best for me. And I'm going to bring that content to you as well as reviews of those irons. And it's interesting because, you know, as we as you have probably noticed on social media, a lot of brands are. It seems like they're, they're moving away from only tour presence to influencers. Now, I know that's something that has been going on for years, and I don't, I don't really love the term influencer. I don't think I influence you to do anything, and I certainly don't like the label. But it's interesting that these brands are doing this more often, and while that's not the main focus of the partnership that we have with Mizuno – It's interesting to see. I mean, No Laying Up, for example. They were with Callaway. Now they're with Titleist. I'm not sure. Oh, Barstool, I believe, actually switched from Titleist to Callaway, if I have that right. Uh, There's a group of kids called Good Good that I didn't even know existed until recently. They went to Callaway. I believe they were. I forget who they were. Oh, they were with Mizuno, actually. So, I mean, everyone's moving around. The point being... You're going to see more of this. This is the th- the approach from the marketing budget standpoint that brands are doing. And as far as Golf Unfiltered is concerned, I mean, yes, we like to, at least I like to play brands that I enjoy, that I think highly of. That doesn't mean that I won't be critical of them. If there's something that I don't like about the 923s, for example, I will include that in my review. And they already, Mizuno already knows this. You know, that's the agreement that we have. This doesn't mean that I'm going to stop bringing content to you about other brands as well. So stay tuned for that. I'm excited. I mean, I, I love trying out new stuff. I've, I've, as I've said, a long time fan of Mizuno. And, uh, when I'm hearing about these clubs, I mean, I, I have high expectations going in, so we'll see if they, uh, they meet those expectations. And then last but not least, Back on the uh, the professional side of things, we've all seen the trailer for the upcoming Netflix special uh, on the PGA Tour. It's the documentary series. I believe it's called Full Swing. Well, we're going to have the creator of that series on an interview here. Um, we're actually talking on the 23rd, and the episode will air a little bit closer to the actual air date of the... Netflix documentary series. His name is Chad Mum. You've probably seen him on social media. If you haven't, go give him a follow. Really excited about that conversation. I am still debating what I want to ask Chad and what he can actually disclose because you don't want to spoil the series, right? But talk about the perfect time to create a documentary series on professional golf. It was, it was last year, and so stay tuned for that. If you haven't done so already, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast. Go out to YouTube where you can see video versions of our podcast interviews, many of them. I also put out some videos on equipment reviews and just other general stuff related to golf. It's just Golf Unfiltered on YouTube. and uh, As I like to plug every single time, We also have a TikTok out there. And if you're a new golfer, if you know someone who's a new golfer, or if you just want to learn something new, I enjoy researching topics on golf. And I have been putting together a deep dive series on everything from iron head design to golf balls to whatever else. And it's been warmly received. I get a lot of questions on there, and that actually helps drive me in directions as to what you want answers to. Imagine that. So go out there. Give us a follow on TikTok as well. And, of course, you know you could always find us, still, even now, on Twitter, uh, Instagram. And, yeah, we have a Facebook page too, but we don't do too much over there. That may change in 2023. At any rate, thanks, as always, for listening. We'll be back again next week with another podcast episode. Hopefully, Nikki will be back, and we could talk about that as well. Uh, stay uh, healthy. Be kind to one another. And if you're still playing golf, hope you're hitting them straight. We'll talk soon.